there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Watford versus Norwich on a Friday night and the whole community has <laughs> yeah. got Emmanuel Dennis or Josh King captain. You, yeah. you look back and you think, God, what was we thinking? I want to talk about Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Do you think that if FPL doesn't exist, he gets that move to Man United? Meet you. He's always yes. the first name that comes up. Always. always. Like we, one we, season I, Swansea, one yeah. season wonder. Let's talk about FPL controversies. Do you remember the account FPL Insider? I used to wait at home when I was 12 or 13 for the post to arrive because I'd get the sheets which showed me the price of the players, uh, how my team did, what they'd performed as, and then you'd fill in all your changes and mail it back to them. People, unfortunately, will have that tunnel vision of your rank shit, I'm not listening to oh, you. Oh, sorry, I meant anymore. actual managers. Yeah, I, I thought I was going <laughs> to uh, real real-life football. I told Is you, it, we're all football know. managers, aren't we? Hello everybody, welcome back to The Ripple Effect with me, James Lawrence Allcott. And again, I am joined by Serge and James from Planet FPL. FPL is back this week. How many of you will last to the end of the season? That is a different question. But FPL is taking over. Fancy Premier League feels like it's certainly taking over. FPL was created in 2002 for the 2002-2003 season and is going from strength to strength every year with approximately 11 million players last season it's gone from a niche pastime it's hard for me to say to a way of life for those who play it it doesn't stop there however with the stakes rising every year it's led to people taking it more seriously than ever we're we're talking about spreadsheets reddit threads discord servers the lot and most importantly forfeits shout out to finn who's uh, our editor here who has had to do a stand-up open mic routine in september as his fbl forfeit from last season um, our thoughts and prayers are with you, Finn. Uh, more details as we have them. So we're going to talk about the impact of the fantasy, pre- the fancy of fancy Premier League. First and foremost, like, the only reason I kind of know you guys initially is the ripple effect of me hosting uh, FPL FYI, as it was back in the day, which was the first kind of studio show for the Premier League's YouTube channel, and it was a really interesting time for me because I I got to understand FPL but also how important it was to the Premier League. Like it's so crucial to it. It's sort of the jewel in the crown in terms of their sort of digital entity and their ability as it being sort of a pillar to really bring in so many fans from around the world. First, first things first, when did you first find Fantasy Premier League? James, uh, first. My, my first experience was, I, I, I want to say it was, I, I remember AVB was our manager so a while ago. 12-13, I think, was was the season. Someone said to me the week before, it's like, put a team together. You, you know, your onions about teams and stuff. Put something together and I did the usual three Tottenham players. I mean, I had double Tottenham defence. I don't think I've done that once since, actually. So 12-13, I think I first started playing. And then I had a, a, a relatively good season the year we finished second to Chelsea. Uh, which, what would that have been, 16, 17. 
And that was despite having no Tottenham players all season because I, I believed I was a jinx. I wouldn't have, <laughs> so despite the fact Kane and Delhi and Sonny were running riot, I didn't have them at all all season, but yet still did pretty well. Wow. And then this guy said, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, let's do a podcast. And then, I don't know, 1,500 shows later, we're still here. I, I, I go back a bit further, although for the first probably 10, 10 years, uh, it was very much a case of last till Christmas and then kind of give up. But I remember playing in 2005, six when it first came out. But really, it was a case of hype at the start of the season, get the team together, and then by the time Christmas has, has come around, because you've missed a couple of deadlines or missed one big captain, you kind of lose interest with it, um, which is interesting. But it goes back so much further, right? Because FPL is FPL. Prior to that, when I was at school, I used to remember the newspapers doing sure. their... their um, and you have to cut the little coupon out, write your team in and post it in, which is basically the same thing. Mm. Um, and even before that, uh, play-by-mail, which was you used to be able to get your team sent to you in the post. And um, they were, there was these guys that had, uh, I think they were based on the South Coast, a computer that was simulating all of the games and yeah, yeah. all of the points. So it wasn't real, was it? It wasn't real. Yeah, yeah. Um, but every week you would get... It was a simulated fantasy uh, game based on simulations of the game. Call it chat manager, but I used, I used to wait at home when I was 12 or 13 for the post to arrive because I'd get the, the sheets which show me the price of the players, uh, how my team did, what they'd performed as, and then you'd fill in all your changes and mail it back to them. And that was when I was uh, 12, 13, so we're going back away. Um, yeah. So when did you start the podcast, guys? This will be season seven. Right? Yeah, so summer 17. And how much has... FPL itself changed over those seven years. As I said, I said in the last podcast that we just did where we got predictions for the season and FPL predictions as well. When I started that show, they were like, we've got 7 million people playing this game and it's now 11 million just a couple of years later. What was it like in that in that first season? And what, what have been the ripple effects of, of FPL? How have you seen it change? Because I, I, when I was thinking about this podcast, the thing I was struggling with a little bit was the sort of chicken and egg element of it, both with the players themselves and in terms of them sort of kind of maybe becoming famous or maybe even you kind of getting moves from having a bit more of a spotlight due to them being FPL assets. And then also just them actually maybe just having a good season. So, of course, you become an FPL asset. And so the same goes, I think, with how we're watching football. You know, often I think uh, American sports inevitably bleeds into how we watch it in the UK often it takes a while for us to catch up and we're we're not always very very open with stuff like that so going back seven years you were sort of stepping into something that felt niche at the time because it was it's very not niche. now it's it's huge it was very niche at the time and I think we had no concept of the size of the audience and the size of the market it was very much a, let's record it's, it's something we're interested in let's put it out there and see what happens. Um, and for the first kind of two or three months, we were just recording and putting content out there mm. until we uncovered the size of the community that was there on Twitter and online. And then, then it started really growing. Can you still growing. call it that? I don't know. The app. The app. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, X, X. Whatever it may be. <laughs> what it is this um, week. And and from there, it snowballed very quickly. Like The, the size of the audience grew uh, bigger and bigger. Um, but it's changed so much from then. Like nowadays, uh, if I'm listening to commentary of matches, they'll drop in 
stat FPL related stuff. Mm. Um, things like, oh, the, the fancy managers won't be happy with him for getting that yellow card or whatever. That, that was non-existent seven years ago. It was never part of... Um, <laughs> that big mix day. on match a day. Be like, he did well for my fantasy, yeah, fantasy team. team. Yeah. Or Gary Lineker saying fantasy managers roughing arms yeah. or whatever. But yeah, that's it's become more mainstream. Yeah, it? for sure. And, Even and just for casuals. As in cooler, people right? just watching match of the day as their football content, yeah, if yeah. you will. But I think sometimes like, those, again... As someone was kind of again not there. It was big enough, right? When I kind of got into it, but it's still. I think I got there right as it felt like it was changing. Maybe that's just my experience. But hearing pundits talk about it now, they're doing it in a way to be relatable. I yeah, think, yeah, and, and that's that. something that wasn't wasn't there before. It was, it was, it's cooler now. It was nerdier then, But then right? if you take someone like Mika Richards, I think he's generally bringing it up because he does have a very, very big interest in it. Yep. And so he's genuine as he is, right? So I think others feels a little bit forced. So like with, with Lineker, he probably knows what he's saying and he's he's catch, he's touching into a certain market, for example. So with some, yes, not with not with all. No. So I'd say something controversial. I don't think it's grown enough over the time from when we did FPO FYI now, you've added 4 million um, because the analogy that you use with America is really interesting. For me, when I'm looking at the fantasy FP, uh, fantasy Premier League market, um, where is the biggest fantasy sports market? And it's clearly America. Right. And the way that fantasy sports like drafts for NFL and, and what have you are integrated into the main sport and the size of the number of players as a percentage or fans that play fantasy is way higher than the 11 million people that are playing FPL. Compared right. to the audience of the Premier League, the FPL players is minuscule, really, I would say. Yeah. Whereas the adoption of fantasy in America is a higher percentage of the uh, fans that are watching the sport. And if that's the blueprint, which I agree with you, like whatever happens over there follows on over here in mm. Europe and the rest of the world uh, a few years behind, that there's a big way for the audience to go, a big way. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if in the next two, three years it doubled or even tripled. So let's break this down a little bit more in terms of yeah, the sort of evolution of FPL and, and the ripple effects of it because we'll kind of get we'll get onto more of the ripple effects in a bit. But that community that you guys were able to kind of create quite quickly uh, initially, how has that community changed? Massively. Obviously, it's got Marshals. bigger, but but the, the sort of the personnel, the way that people look at the game, how has that changed? When we started, there was only two or three other pods that yeah. I was aware of. Yeah. Then you unearthed this within Twitter and then I think probably when we sort of went into year two it then felt like the amount of content that was being published around just it really exploded around about 2018 to the extent that now pretty much whatever you can dream of you will find in terms of content whether that's written video audio projections sites I mean it, it's it's just out there massively in terms of content you almost can't avoid it yeah. yeah, that's how it feels. Maybe yeah. because we were in it, it feels like that a little bit more. But the amount of content that's available, even people just putting stats on Twitter, etc. Mm -hmm. None of that existed really back in 2018. Now it's all at the tip of your finger, basically. Twitter was the place, was it initially? Because yeah. I mean, it still is it, now. It's, it's everywhere. Still is. Right? I think there's a lot of people that have kind of Discord servers or um, Slack groups or that kind of thing. But Twitter still is the. Are you not going to promote our TikTok? <laughs> What's TikTok, James? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. Um, so that's fascinating. Okay, so then the next element of it, I think, is sometimes things get not too big because, like you've just said, it it uh, it's got so much growth to to sort of have. But um, in terms of that community, the 
the sort of the ability to cheat as a casual has never kind of become easier as well right so has that changed your community like if you often say with youtube they go if you're <laughs> if you're creating a channel think of your think of your audience and can you draw your audience how old is he or she like you know what are they into things like that at the start so let's say year two was your community that person that you're drawing was that a different person to the person that you're drawing now does that make sense yeah i uh... I, I don't know maybe age-wise maybe in the, but you then think it's a little bit younger. Younger. You've, you've got the growth even look at the women's world cup on right nearly all of our interest in women's football has grown over the last four or five years over that period as an example you've got a younger generation that's probably getting maybe more into the fpl whereas perhaps when it started your people like what you said send in your team and you know dream team or whatever newspapers were doing it etc so i think from that maybe it's a slightly younger demographic yeah. on a wider now i guess that's where the growth is coming right it's probably from a younger audience to be honest with you haven't changed a lot and that's as a result of um us staying tr the content hasn't changed over yeah. the last seven years really um it was always that's a good quite, thing by the way yeah <laughs> like, I mean, it was good then it's good now it kind of yeah. led with football <laughs> first uh, and particularly, it, we didn't know what we were good at and then create that content. We kind of just created content and then figured out what we were good at. Yeah. And what came out very early for me was obviously the tactical stuff and understanding um, what's going on on the pitch. And the way that James particularly was, I don't think it's any uh, like shock to people that he's the football brains when we're talking about what's happening on the pitch. He was able to articulate it quite well. Mm. And as a result, the type of fans uh, that we were picking up and listeners were interested in tactical insight. And then that's the group of people that have, have stayed with us through that time. Um, so the majority of people that listen will want to come away from one of our shows thinking, oh, I learned about why a team set up this way or why this wasn't working or that kind of thing. Mm. And so it's kind of a niche within a niche. Uh, but because the content hasn't changed and it's always had the same focus um, and James is so good at delivering what he does, that's why I don't think our audience has massively changed either. It's, mm. it's similar in that they're still coming for the same things. Yeah. And I, that's, I, I think that's why I enjoy your content. Probably why like it, I, I've always kind of wanted to have those opportunities to chat to you guys. And also because I think that FPL is just a lens mm. like to, to look through in a, in a, and actually be a, a wee bit more specific on players, but all players. And again, coming back to this, the, the Premier League's, uh, understanding of how important FPL is like it is a game right it is a bit of fun but if you don't if you like football but aren't truly aligned with anyone just yet often you need story or you need investment to get excited about the game the sport the league right and and that's just such a great vehicle for people around the world to then oh I really like this player because he got me a load of points last season in in FPL and then from there that can be a very small step towards then f having your team finding your team and that then leads to the game as a whole and the league sorry more importantly getting bigger and bigger uh, as well so it's I think it's really interesting that FPL people will have turned their nose up at FPL for a long time and I see this in so many different areas of of my kind of world, even me to this day with YouTube, people go, and it's, that's that's like your real job. Is that your main job? I'm like, <laughs> Literally once a week, I guess. Mate, it. <laughs> and, um, it's always weddings as well. Like, anyway, um, but people forget how the sort of behemoth of these things and it being kind of about it kind of leads back to eyeballs a lot of the time, and FPL is just 
it's so strong as a game to provide that. Um, in terms of that sort of worldwide audience, just last thing on the, that community, how I would imagine, I certainly have my eyes have opened to sort of it being the global game and, and still having, instead of shutting out them, which is a very English thing to do, yeah, okay. like actually being open to what global fans have to do to to be a fan of the sport. They have to get up at horrible times to like, to you know, to watch their team. Um, how what have been your experiences of that of that wider community and their love for for FPL? Yeah, I mean that relates back to football. So I've been to be honest, as someone who's gone to Tottenham for thirty odd years, I've probably always felt that well, I'd live local. I have more right than you. It's an old fashioned, if you will, feeling. But then even now to relate it back to FPL, people set their alarms at like three, four o'clock in the morning to yeah, make amazing. sure they can, and they'll be doing it this Friday to try and see if they can get the Man City team news before right. before the deadline and stuff right mm. so i mean that's obviously difficult for them so we hear that every year don't we move the deadlines because it's unfair that we have to get up in the middle of the night and you might have an advantage because you're here and yeah it causes a, a a lot of debate but in terms of i mean even our community we've got patrons from australia new zealand everywhere in asia americas etc last year's so, winner was Azerbaijan, from yeah. Azerbaijan yeah. i think right and, and they're all actually we've got quite a, a selection of randomness in terms of clubs they support as well um i'm trying to think of like we've got wolves fans and palace fans and they're all international that's from what, all over to, the place. to go back to james your point james about tapping into to a market of like right so fpl is a free game play the game, does that get you interest into the Premier League? Do you then get involved with the club, their products, etc. from there? That, that, that's what yeah. I think you meant in terms of... Because that broad, yeah, that broad inclusivity of the game and of and therefore of every game in the Premier League because you're kind of looking at your team and going, well, I've got a Fulham player here, so I want to watch Fulham versus Palace because I think like, it, we yeah. might get a goal here, yeah, I might get some it, points. And then if the viewing figures are going up, it makes them more valuable. Selling yeah. for TV rights, etc. Yeah, comes back round. There's a ripple effect. Mm, yeah. So the FPL is making football into the nerdiest sport of all time. <laughs> that is a possible ripple effect. Let's see. So being good at FPL is uh, a flex within the community. But as the community grows exponentially, it means it becomes more and more mainstream. This means that viewing football from an analytical perspective is perceived as cool nowadays, especially if you get it right. I'm going to stop there. I've got some other things to say. But James, because I think... I find it really, really interesting that and Flav, my mate Flav said this, said football is the only thing where the more you know, the the kind of cooler you are. Like if this was like... That would not have been the view back in the day. Exactly. If this was <laughs> if, if this was sort of physics, like you'd be like, shut up. Like, oh, ner you're this nerdy dude. I find football really interesting that like the more you know, the more ball knowledge you've got, the more studying you have to do. And you do have to do that. Like, I don't know if you're the same as me. I get to Friday and I'm, my brain is just like frazzled from just ingesting information because that just gets washed away on the Saturday. Um, but that is definitely like before you could be what was more important was your kind of status within the game, like what you'd done. But I think we're seeing it more and more. It's what you know now, right? It's really important. The game, the game yeah. has changed. The game has become so it's, analytical. It's helpful, but then it, it depends what company you keep as well, right? 
So if I go down the pub, my mates really don't want me to be spieling about Connor Roberts coming inverting from left yeah. back and he might be doing that OOP at the weekend, all those sort of things. They don't want that. But the FPL community probably does want me to say, yeah, this is what they might do to deal with Manchester City on Friday night. So it does depend what company you keep from that perspective. How, how much has FPL created that? Or is it a mix of different things? Partially, is it a mix of because I think um, the the Premier League coverage have picked up bits where you know FPL members of the FPL community have been ahead in terms of tracking things and pushing data, underlying metrics, etc. Which therefore means people in the football community as a wider are talking about it more and more. So yes, I do think FPL has had a, a, an impact on it, and and that's because as well from an FPL perspective, rather than the match-going fan, if you will. The match-going fan's not bothered how many crosses James Madison's put in in the last three weeks, but the, the FPL manager's trying to pick his team at the weekend might, and that's what's changing things. So we're looking at things a, a little bit before rather than a reflection of he's run the most distance in this match. But also then that sort of stat's not particularly relevant for FPL. No, an example. I, I mean, I still think data is... Uh is very early in football compared to again the the uh, analogy I'd use America. Like when you watch a coverage of American sports, um, which admittedly I don't do a lot, but I've I've done a little bit of looking at the pundits and so on are far more ready with far more bits of information and data than we have in a Premier League football studio. Yeah. Um, but XG and uh, XGA and all this kind of stuff is creeping in uh, more and more and more. But I like what you're saying about uh, it being about knowledge and and. Um, you wanting to know more and, and be better and what have you. Um, and you do have to do a, a lot of research. I'm blessed. I sit next to James like five <laughs> yeah. times a week. Um, but the number of times that I would have, I will say something that makes me sound clever about football or understanding tactics. Down. I've just, no, I've just copied what you said, mate. So if you shoot anyone down, it's yourself. But people listen to your show, our show. They're hoping to get information mm. that, gives them some insight but then when they're talking about it with their mates they sound a, that a little bit a clear. lot totally as well agree. with the fpl not necessarily the community but with a lot of fpl content is driven towards this is the best pick yeah which is never our goal our, no. go our goal is to put the information you make your your yeah, choice you're quite nervous on. about that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I really detest the word no expert yeah. i'm not an expert and at the, end of the day, at the end of the day we're just making guesses about totally. what we think's going to happen we can you know it's like that's why we love the sport because there's yeah. so the, many variables the, right? the yeah. fear of mo salah in game week two versus bournemouth yeah but after you actually looked at what liverpool are going to do to counter milos kirkes on bournemouth's <laughs> left side in that game he's way more of interest to me personally than looking at the data and saying yes or no because the answer is well, once I see Kirkus play against Bowen, I might have a better idea of what's going to happen in game week two. Mm. And so, that, I, I, think, I, 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 rather, I much prefer that kind of outlook and then look at it from that way. I think there's a few elements here like, and, and it's something that I, I felt like, maybe, oh God, here's a ripple of it for you. Maybe there's something, it's something I always wanted. Always wanted to create content that was fun, uh, had an element of escape, had a creativity, but it was insightful. And... Being insightful in a sport like this, there, there's an opportunity there, but it also you're not going to be totally right all the time. And then the final thing I think in terms of making content is you want to be able to visualize it in a way that's easy to understand so it's more enjoyable. So things like FPL or things like the stats that are there f for people, I think different people have different desires that they can kind of use it for. What can be insight for you know something that is actually of value in terms of your FPL team. But it can be valuable in terms of just being able to illustrate what's going on as well. And I think that's where, as long as you stay, what I get frustrated with is 
how uh, closed off people can be about content and what's available to you there. What has been incredibly useful for me and helpful for me is being when you see these things and go, oh, that's different. Be like being open to those things. And so, again, people turn their nose up at FBL for a long time. And then I like I'm, you know, I'm letting you all go, guys know James is a cheat code. I listen to James a lot because you've got a great mind on it. And as you say, you're great as well, Sitch, by the way. <laughs> and you're crucial because you need to be able to bounce off each yeah. other and you need to be able to ask the right questions and things like that. But there are so many kind of gems out there in terms of not maybe not mainstream media, but what is now becoming mainstream media because of the numbers that are there. Because of the, they're people that are open to the grey and open to these things. And that's why I think the football manager community, the FPL community, they're so powerful to me because they're looking at something different, but Sources in an open information for you yeah, and learning. Totally. Learning. There, there's no lack of information now. That's the no. one thing that, that you're right about. There's the, the issue now sits with people's ability to interpret data. Yes. And uh, you're talking about being open-minded to the data that's out there or the content that's out there. You've also then got to be open-minded when you consume it as to where it's coming from. Because uh, quite often a lot of the content is well, not quite often, probably always, people have their own narrative and reasons they want to spin something a certain way. They'll use stats in a certain way. And that's where sure. you have to be a little bit uh, objective about how do you analyse this data, right? What's the point this person's trying to make about whether or not Alison's a better goalkeeper than Onana? Mm. And are they narrow-minded in the way that they've presented the data? And this is where we get a, a lot of issues where people are stubborn with one point of view and not open-minded to others. Yeah. And it leads to the uh, debates and arguments about it. Talk to me about the, the ripple effect of the noise of FPL now. Because I would imagine, you two specifically, if you go on Twitter... <laughs> You cannot escape. I try you know, to. And I've, st I've stopped doing it now, but I'll probably do it, you know, in two weeks' time. You'll go, oh, I'll be like, oh, which one do you think? Or, and people won't answer your question. They'll just put in a screenshot of their team. Oh, I love that. So That's how do you deal with the noise thoughts. of FPL in you're 2023? Getting, you're getting yeah. blocked. I, I've thoughts. got some, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got loads, but you don't want to hear them, mate. That must yeah. be your mention. Like, I think I'm really, time, right? I've gotten very good at what I just said, which is um, tuning out, like knowing when I'm, when I'm looking at a piece of content, asking myself the question, what's the point they're trying to make first? And if I, if I think it's very biased from one kind of point of view, then um, I'm pretty good at, at shutting it out. Um, and that's definitely helped me with kind of cutting out the noise mm. a lot. Jim. Yeah, the thoughts angers me because we put so much content out. I'm like, I want yeah. you to listen to it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of to, to go back on a point, everybody's different and everybody wants to seek their information in different ways, right? So there's a lot of people who don't listen to us, which I'm afraid to yes. say, and they just want to get their data of, you know, shots on target over the last six, yada, yada, yada. And there's other people who don't want to look at the, the data, perhaps just want to get the direct answer from someone. There's people who do have got time to listen to me and you talk through the games for an hour and a half, etc. It's, it's so much varied content out there that there's something for everybody there's something for everybody coming back to this you know the sort of nerdiness of it all and just generally i think again with with fpl in particular there there is a sort of desire there to be right it's great to be right it's great to go i brought him in and it worked so yeah. that's that's absolutely every, fun, every, right? every yeah. football fan thinks they're a football manager yeah, yeah of course so how do you how do you feel about the frustration that I would imagine you might feel when people sort of kind of cheat a little bit, don't do all that their research and go straight to a template team or something like that. We'll get more points than you and then 
throw it in your face, maybe. It's a hashtag I use a lot. Play it your way. And if you want to comp- copy the template, you copy the template. Yeah. There's, there's, there's literally no right That's, or wrong. Right. In but that, my opinion, surely you surely didn't it. just arrive there straight away. There's been a journey to that, <laughs> that detachment now. No, but no? I, I, yeah, oh, yeah. No, but my view now is because... Again, a lot of a lot of the content can be kind of matter of fact, and I hate that. There's loads of different ways. If someone's, you know, like we were talking about Mustavs earlier, mm. I don't like that because if someone's sitting there right now going, actually, no, I do want a captain Saka in one and Salah in two, and I'm going to go against Holland. Yeah, do it. Mm. And actually, surely do that's it. the lifeblood of it because I think that with the noise, what you're, what's going to happen there a little bit is there's a sort of cramping out of that's the right phrase of like new thoughts and new ideas and and, and possibilities because because that's the other side of the the data is you kind of go well, can you go against the data well sometimes someone might just have the right fixture or you saw something yourself and you want that openness of thought because otherwise it's just going to be the same four names for everyone the, 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 the correct on. advice quite often though is at the start of the season is if you're unsure don't take chances unfortunately yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and people play for different reasons whether you're playing for overall rank or whether you're playing uh, to win your mini leagues or what have you. Again, it's like quite often you can't have it both ways. You can't moan about the template and the game being boring because so many players have got the same teams, but then have the same team. Like go rogue then. I put a, a, a tweet out a few weeks ago just as a thought experiment. Like what's the highest you think you could finish in FPL without owning Holland all season? And I had answers from 500, 500k. <laughs> Screenshots, thoughts. First. <laughs> yeah, first but from first, first, first to 500k. And then you've got people that are moaning, yeah, the game's boring. I'm like, well, challenge yourself. Like, have mm. a season without Holland. Play it your way and make right. it more interesting or or what have you. Yeah, because um, yeah. there has been a, it's been moving towards that, that sort of conservative approach more and more, right, each season? Look, you've got more information out there and it's not like there's a, you know, the general concern, oh, content creators copy each other and stuff like that. No, it's just people coming to similar conclusions that creates a, a group think. The likes of you know Rashford and Saka and Haaland and these players being popular game week one isn't because someone's imagined it and someone else has copied yeah. it. These are great That's and popular players are. with great fixtures, etc. So I mean, we talked about uh, our predictions on the previous show and also how the Premier League want to bring eyeballs into uh, into the matches using fantasy. That's been a That's big change. That's one area where it's a little bit different this year because... I mean, my draft that I'm sitting at right now is made up of Arsenal, City, Manchester United, Brighton and one Liverpool player. That's my starting 11 and actually half my bench as well is made up of these five teams, which are all the top teams. So because the players are so cheap this year and I'm focusing on these big teams, Mm. actually, I've got no interest in Luton versus Sheffield United because I don't own any of their players. They've not put us in a situation where we're forced to buy players from a wider range of clubs. And that's the flip side of also uh, players all around the world who want to own all the best players from all the best teams. They can yeah. do that. So I'm a bit of a, we, a, bit we of a funny one here. Where we're I'm, not the target market. It's no. those people who are not playing yep. who can then join in and go, oh, I can put this team together with Haaland, Salah, Rashford, yeah. Saka, etc. Rather than having to do the detail and go, well, actually, is Jordan Bayer the right 4.0 defender from mm-hmm. Burnley? Which you can go down that route, but primarily they don't want you to have to do that they want people to be able to sign up log in and have as many of their favorite players that they know across the league as as possible that's mm. interesting so the, i guess the, so there's a balance there between the priority of making it a great game and just bringing people in as much as possible which is probably the number one priority but that's interesting that maybe there's a ripple effect with the way football is going right now when it comes to EFPL, uh, fpl sorry is that the price range is really tricky right now because 
midfielders aren't midfielders anymore and forwards aren't forwards anymore. And it's so, you know, it's so fluent these days that the next three or four years, it's going to make it harder and harder to get the pricing right, I'd imagine. I mean, if you put an FPL team to someone who'd never played FPL, they'd look at that and go, right, who's playing old in midfield for you? That team's going to get beat. Sure. So but they're not bothered about the community having to look for Rodri's or Rice's, etc. So... Yeah, it's it's the pricing is a bugbearer, I think, for a lot of people in the community because you don't have to do that digging. Part of the fun in pre-season was having to... We should be sitting here right now going, oh my guy, Wilson, do I think Lewis Potter starts? And you just don't have to make these decisions. Right. Other yeah. than Harry Wilson rather than Callum Wilson. Sorry. Is that a one-year <laughs> thing, you think? That's just this No, I think it'll, it'll go, no, even, it'll go, go that even more that yeah. way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It'll go even more that way. One thing I did want to ask you, do you think that sort of osmosis of, of FPL stats um, into mainstream football and how we consume it do you think that could affect managers so will managers who have good underlying numbers but haven't got the results yet will they be given that bit more time with fans sort of changing their general perception of football footballers managers or do you think the other side of the world we live in today which is clickbait extreme headlines and things like that do you think that will sort of always ring true and managers if uh, if you're not winning doesn't matter how you're performing uh, like I, we're not great at fpl no <laughs> it's reality if people are listening now, oh, i want to listen to planet fpl i'm going to become an expert that like, you're not you're probably going to learn some things but there'll be guys out there who it's, it's so critically important particularly i think in the youtube community so critically important yeah. that their rank is is really important to them because people will People unfortunately will have that tunnel vision of your rank shit. I'm not listening to. Oh, you sorry, I'm an actual manager. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I was going <laughs> to oh, uh, real real life football. I told Is you it, we're I all football know. managers, aren't we? There sorry. was a massive period where uh, where Brighton. Sorry, were, sorry, I want to hear the end of that point. I, for, I forgot what I was saying now. Well, no, I mean managers that create content, FPL managers that create content. Quite a few do hang on to overall rank it's a great thing the relevance the oh, yeah, yeah. and as soon as you don't have it anymore it's like why would I listen to you I'm like yeah. well I don't want, that was I don't, never the reason to listen yeah, to us in yeah. the first yeah, place I, I don't want those people to nah. watch or listen to us but what about actual managers well like <laughs> the, the thing that springs to mind is is a Brighton for example like the amount of time they spent underperforming their XG was unbelievable and you're like it's going to come together it's going to come together it's going to come together and they probably got a, a lot more leeway maybe when mm. they were underperforming XG, but now obviously that's completely reversed and they're they're, they're smashing it. But that that sign was there before. Yeah, I think I, I I think it will that will get better. And I actually think the sort of the adverse is there as well. You know, say say with QPR, I think the, a real difficult thing for Gareth Ainsworth is we don't play good football. And if we don't play, so if you're not even like dominating the ball, what you're seeing as a fan, like if you're watching us play six passes in a half and we're losing. That's a real problem. Whereas if we've had 12 shots, they've had one on the break because we gave the ball away and they've scored a goal, I can live with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think how how teams play does does make a massive difference. I felt like James was specifically eyeballing me there having watched Marino. But I think it's true. James. And I think I think yeah. Postacoglu will get that leeway for exactly that's, that reason. That's what I said. Not yeah, so yeah, yeah. no fuss this year. We'll go back yeah. to having a football team we can enjoy. You are listening to The Ripple Effect. We will be back talking about FPL legends after this. Welcome back to The Ripple Effect. If you haven't followed the podcast, we have loads of podcasts on this one. And 
the bulk of them are evergreen. And every single week we're going to have a topical podcast and an evergreen podcast as well. You're currently listening to the evergreen one. Uh, I am here with Planet FPL, Suj and James. And we're about to talk about some FPL legends. And if you've got some at the top of your mind, feel free to put them forward. So who are the forgotten cult heroes? And guys, tweet me as well. I'd love to know who is your FPL legend. I think it's say with football manager. And again, I kind of align the two quite often. There are those players that become your guys, you know, and you love them forevermore because of what they do for you. But there's some players that have had sort of one season... Uh, wonders or gone on to do better things as well and there's they've had a bit of a ripple effect i think in people's lives i actually asked people you know how has fbl had a, a ripple effect on your life and uh, so hannah said this, this is hannah lawa fbl is what got me into football to begin with it's kind of what we've been talking about when i was younger i never had an interest in football and didn't get why people liked it much uh, when I was 14, I saw my brother playing FBL and wanted to join in. I watched some games to help make my team and realised how much I love football and how many iconic moments, matches I'd missed out on. Now I never miss a weekend of football. There you go. Um, there was, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people sort of talking about... Uh, so here's, this comes back to what you were saying, James. Uh, Lunko says, I refuse to put any of my Newcastle players into my FBL. I believe it will jinx the team and make them all blank on FBL. That is a big part of it. There is a ripple effect on your, how you pick your team based on that mm-hmm. alone, right? Yep. A lot of the time. How are you with West Ham? Are you okay with West Ham? Well, there's never bloody any options for me to <laughs> pick, is there, necessarily? Um, but what's worse for me is like when you've got a player, like a, a Holland or a Salah, especially when you captain a player, because Holland at West Ham, if Holland's home to West Ham, I'm captain in Holland. Right. That's where it's more awkward. But would I happily take a blank? with something like Holland for sure, because he's probably not getting me any rank anyway, because everybody else has, has captained him. Mm. But it's worse when you have players playing against your own team necessarily, um, because you're torn. Whereas when they play for your own team, you're always willing, you're willing your team to do well. Mm. You're willing your players to do well. Um, yeah, that's awkward. Yeah. I mean, just like, again, this is kind of like, this is FPL meerkat. So FPL indirectly, yeah, there you go. Uh, indirectly inspired me into a career in football analysis. My interest in metrics from various FPL assistant manager sites, combined with my media experience, led me into an industry of work I didn't even know existed. Same for you guys, right? Mm. I mean, kind of same for me as well, uh, or a much better one than the, the one that I was in. Anyway, uh, I used to work properly for him. <laughs> it's much better for me now. Right, so FPL legends. I don't know if any spring to mind, but I've got a few here. So meet you. He's always yes. the first name that comes up. Always. always. Like we, we, one season Swansea, yeah. one season wonder. He's always mm. the one that whenever people say one, even non-FPL as well, when you say one season wonder, it always seems to be the name yep. that comes up. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah. I, I wasn't playing the season that he was. I think that was the first year I played, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Did you have him in your team? I certainly would have at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Lundstrom. Yes. That was strong, oh, wasn't mate. it? That was the year we did FBL FYI. Yes, and, completely. Uh, and he was just on fire, wasn't he, for a bit? Yeah. I'm a 21-pointer he got against Burnley. Ridiculous. <laughs> I had him first sub. This is the problem. No! With, with, yeah, no, no, but I had to, I had to wait. Pounds. Yeah. Oh. He, was, he was in the game as a defender, yeah. and he was £4 million. So your instant reaction is that that's a perfect bench enabler. I'll yeah. stick him on the bench. But he wasn't a defender. He, he, was, he, he was, was a midfielder. And not only that as well, yeah. what was so bizarre about it was the year before when Sheffield United got promoted like he wasn't first choice or anything <laughs> no. so Sheffield United fans are saying I don't know why everybody's getting so into him but the, it's interesting to go back what you said about the community picking up on things how the FPL community was like so adamant on it by about game week two or three it was yeah. like sugar I, everyone's yeah. got to get Shout this guy out, um, in. Dave Monday 
I think he he was on Lundstrom really quickly. Dave Mundy yeah. still very proudly wears his John Lundstrom shirt no, around yeah, at yeah, least yeah, once a week. I, I remember think. we were we were debating at the time, uh, me and David on FYI, uh, who was the bargain of the season? And and Lundstrom, the problem is he dropped off after a, a blistering start yeah. a little bit. That was the season Mason Mount broke through as well, and mm. he was only five or five and a half in his first season. Wow. He did really well that year. I remember arguing the case Mount versus Lundstrom. But when, when you get a player that's out of position, like a midfielder that says defender, uh, and is mispriced as well, suddenly you know, fill your boots time. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri Payet? Uh, he, he Some actually, player, mate, interestingly, oh, he word. was. But if you actually look back at his number of goals that he scored for West Ham and assist, the, the numbers weren't blistering. It just happened to be that every goal that he scored was a worldie. That, that year, because uh, it was the year before we started podding, when obviously Leicester yeah. won the league and you'd finished fifth or sixth or so. Um, everybody's team had like Delhi, mm. Mares, and Pyatt. Yeah, nearly everybody's mm. team. I've got I've got a girl I've written down here, but it did make me then think of Emmanuel Dennis as well, who had a sort of solid season. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's the opposite. Galo was great for the first four months or so he joined Watford. Dennis last year, I mean, that's one of the most iconic FPL moments ever. Yeah. Who would have well, that's, two years ago? That's, right? that's, Watford, he did well, right? Uh, oh yeah, of course it is yeah, the year yeah, before, so isn't it? it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, it, that's exact point about eyes from FPL and football match. Watford versus Norwich on a Friday night, and the whole community has <laughs> yeah. got Emmanuel Dennis or Josh King captain. You, yeah. you look back and you think, God, what was we thinking? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the great side of it, and that's why you say the pricing is so important, isn't it? Because yeah. that gets you know Norwich Watford. Uh, it wouldn't with the way football goes and is going. You're not going to have those same eyeballs. But if people are like desperate for that he, that he, captain he, to, to. If people think, what did you captain Emmanuel Dennis for at Watford? We'd been doing all right, and then they they had the only double game week, and they had Norwich at home and Burnley away. That's it. And you had to wait. It was because it was cup games in the middle. You had to wait like two weeks for the second game. Yeah, well. yes. and obviously Dennis didn't play in the second. No, game. he didn't. I remember that. And wasn't it a draw or something? <laughs> yeah, they oh. didn't even score in the double. Yeah, they didn't even score because Norwich beat them three 0 Charlie Austin. For, uh, yeah, QPR yeah. was good, yeah, boys. Was, 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 was is, very uh, good. Chuck, this is quite a harsh one, but if you've got one, is there a player you will always love because of FPL? Oh. Who is your who is your great FPL love? I could definitely answer no. that in reverse. Like there's players that are on the okay. uh, on the on the uh, never again oh, list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Wilf. Is it Wilf? Wilf Zaha <laughs> would be on there for, for hurting me in FPL. Uh, Leroy Sane who I still love, and if he was to come back to the Premier League, would straight away be into my fantasy team. But he hurt me a hell of a lot. But um, players that, um, if you go back even further, Leighton Baines, he was a tremendous FPL asset. Ridiculous. uh, Free kicks, Everton left back, Mm. possibly. He he started a season, I'm sure, at seven and a half million, maybe. Yeah. uh, Something along that. But then if you look at um, consistency, I mean, Mo Salah's got to be up there as one of the FPL legends just because of his consistency uh, year first, after yeah, year after year. I think he was 8.5 at 8.5. the start. 8.5. 3.3 point season. That, staggering. That, that season being very was 8. stubborn. 8.5 8. or 9. Like, it was week under after 10, week, definitely. I was like, it can't last. It can't last. It can't last with Mo Salah. And it just, just was relentless. Starts, and I was very late on him. But I think he's got to be on the FPL legends list just because of consistency. Uh, so I want to talk about Aaron Wambasaka. So Aaron Wabasaka, do you remember again FPL uh, Palace, Palace, Palace is four, right. Palace, four, million, four million, right? Yeah. And mm. so sort of, that's in, there's a name that I think Kirk, maybe Kirkes is one of those names this year. Like people, there's names that like just sort of reveal themselves. It's almost this middle ground gets forgotten, 
And it's like it's like you say, the Lundstrom's the the Wambasaka, like Wambasaka started playing those preseason games. It looks like he was going to start the season. Ends up having a really solid season, gets 120 points, and gets a move to Man United. Do you think that if FPL doesn't exist, he gets that move to Man United? Yeah, because he's such a good one v one defender. But would there have been any kind of spotlight on him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. Believe, I disagree. I, I don't believe. I don't, I don't, don't believe FPL. Manchester United bought a footballer because the FPL community. Not directly. Was good no, I'm not saying got more directly. media you coverage know what I mean? because of it. But I think widely, like it. Sometimes there's sort of degrees of separation, and I think there would have been so much conversation about Aaron Wambasaka that I that there wouldn't have been if I, there wasn't. I, FPL. I think it definitely happens for people who are primarily engaged in football because of FPL that they think certain players are better than they really are, or vice versa. But I think in that case. Like he was so good in terms of defending one one v one that, that it was an easy go to. He was on the fringes of getting in the England squad and stuff, <sighs> yeah. mate. Would so, he've gone? No. Would he? Would he gone for fifty? Went for fifty mil, didn't he? Did that's, he? That's yeah, what right? that's that's what United paid for him. I, I I don't think the FPL community gave him a ten million hike on that. So I think no. you're getting no, but you step take a step back, James. I'm saying I think the conversation around him. There's so much more conversation around him because of him being such a good FPL asset. Definitely. Uh, Definitely, uh, some May, not, maybe not people some. might have been. Look, look, my perfect example would be say my dad right doesn't play and stuff. He would have been out of seizure in that season. Who's this kid playing right back for Palace who no one can take on? Yep, that'd have been clear. So that's I, my that's my step back, James. <laughs> Tyrick Mitchell didn't get the same move, did he? No, Tyrick Mitchell didn't look he, as good as no. as Zaren Wambasaka. He's played for England. Wambasaka isn't. Uh, England not short of right backs, very short of left backs. <laughs> yes, would yeah, possibly. Yeah, we, why did we never try Wan-Bissaka at left back? That would have been a solution, it, yeah. maybe. Maybe that was the option. Uh, let's talk about FPL controversies. Do you remember the account FPL Insider? Yeah. So <laughs> tell for people who don't know what FPL Insider it still exists, uh, doesn't it? I think possibly. Dean Smith went on his bonnet, didn't he, about <laughs> about people need to get back in the real world and not this fantasy world and stuff, and that was primarily because. Um, uh, this account had been getting hold of changes that people in like the backroom staff at certain clubs were making to their FPL teams. Yep. And it was one where I think it came out on the, the Friday night. I think Villa were about to play Leicester, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Came out on the Friday night about Grealish. It, someone had transferred out Grealish who worked for Villa. Yep. So the FPL community on the Saturday morning were like, this is going on here. It's a bit weird. Sunday comes round and Grealish is injured. Yep. And then Dean Smith pr- proceeded to... Um, Maybe tell Porky's a little bit for the rest of the season because it was like every week, maybe next week, maybe next week when he he didn't play for about two months, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So you're right. Jack Grealish was the biggest example of this. Another example was uh, Jota transferring Adrian as his goalkeeper when no news on Allison's fitness had been made public by the club. The advice given to Premier League players was rumoured to be that they were asked not to include players from their own teams. Yeah, Right, there's a happens. lot of high-profile players who, who play. Like, I think Bukayo Saka had a great rank yeah. last year in, in really? FPL, and he won't be the only one. No yeah. Arsenal players. So even at the, I, he definitely had himself. I'm yeah, fairly yeah, confident yeah, yeah. to say as well. Um, but there wasn't much of as much of that last year. Maybe it could be that there was a bit of foot down in terms of don't make your transfers till the day and stuff. I just I just can't visage Bukayo Saka going for a twelve thirty kickoff at nine o'clock in the morning, going let me make my FPL transfer now and stuff. But maybe it happens. I don't know. Yeah. But also, if you're trying to relax before a game. Yeah, why not? Why not? But, but also, like, of course you're going to just tweak your team a little bit. Surely. Like, if you've got that knowledge. I don't know. 
I don't think it's that big a deal. But at that stage, yeah, it wouldn't matter. The, the problem the Villa one came about was because the transfer was made like early. So people had the information then before the deadline. That's where the problem really came out. So it's all right and good. If if it, if it Villa had played on, say, the Friday and the guy had made the transfer on the Friday and no one knew, so the Saturday morning doesn't have any impact on anyone. Right. The concern was obviously that people were getting inside information on teams. But that's happening now across Twitter anyway. We, we saw particularly last year certain teams were playing in the evening and you'd know the team at like one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Really? Yeah, it mm. was definitely happening. If you look in the right places, there's certain teams you could know really early in the day what the team would be. It's not often that, but primarily more the bigger clubs. So it was definitely something with Klopp, wasn't there? Where it was, there yep. was, they, they got hold of someone who was leaking stuff because they'd give out fake teams. Right. So they worked out who it was. Yep. That was a couple of years ago now. Amazing. I guess, yeah, I mean, does it affect the integrity of the game? I mean, a tiny bit, but when you've got 11 million players... Yeah, I think a tiny right. bit. Yeah. A tiny bit. I also think it's naive of us to... Uh, oh, the other team's got the information. It's naive of us to probably not think that that team's not considered the that possibilities. Option, anyway. as, yeah, yeah. As do you mean, well. James, do you mean the integrity of FPL or the integrity of regular yeah. football? FPL, really, because I, th- I think, look... Then that comes know, back if, down if to... You think that, if yeah. you think that people aren't telling other people the team before it happens you're being naive yeah i mean the thing is though uh, that that can be relevant for team team news maybe potentially what time deadline is because some people have to wake up at three or four in the morning mm-hmm. uh, some people having access to certain accounts and not others um if you really want to try and make it fair then you've got to start locking it down a lot more and sure. they don't want to do that right yeah. even if 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 FPO insider was able to find out who the staff are at all of these kind of clubs well if you want to stop that give people the option to hide their team or force players to make them but they don't want to close the game off in that way yeah, that I stuff's hidden there's no there's no it. benefit from no the a lot of the that. Um, websites that are popular uh, that do analysis on data and stats need access to every single team mm. to figure out who's yeah. made moves and transfers and what your your like like live rank is a big thing people want to know in the middle of games where they are you need the game to be open for that. For those of you not watching exclusively on Spotify, James just rolled his eyes there. You're not a live rank guy. No, 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 I am. Live ra- right. live FPL rank is absolutely brilliant. It's the, I must check all the time. Like yeah. for me, I've, I I tend to check it when the deadline's gone because I like to see what the ownership of the players is. But then to be smashing it every time there's a goal and stuff, it's it's, you, for me, it's yeah. no good for your mental yeah. health. Yeah. And yeah. I mean yeah. that seriously. It, you kind of can't have it both ways, right? If the game's fully open for everybody, you're going to have a, some of this kind of stuff. Mm. In terms of the, like the, the, the leaks as well, the reality is I think we had a period where City happened to be the first kickoff of the week two or three weeks in a row and it felt like because they were the first match every week was a a scramble before deadline as soon as the first game of the week is something that people have got no interest in this whole team league stuff kind of disappears very quickly and And nothing's perfect is it as well there was a game with Fulham last year I I think I want to say where Holland was sub wasn't it Mm. might not have been Fulham Anyway, there was an early kickoff, and every everybody no, no, who'd no. waited till last minute had the information ten minutes before deadline, and the site crashed, didn't it? Yep. Mm. Yeah. So, and some some got to make the change, and some didn't. For example, so you had basically a whole week where the content this week, the the, the content that people were saying for the week was, don't do nothing till ten minutes before deadline. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was it. Yeah. Because the information will probably be out there. I bet a console, I bet technology in terms of sites crashing has improved because of the Premier League website if they're sharing the like the news because the amount of people trying to the amount of times you sort of wake up and you're like 
oh, shit, it's like I've got five minutes to sort my team out. Like the whole world is going there and doing that. That's a lot of traffic that that website has to deal with. Um, want to finish with this. The new Premier League stoppage time rules. <laughs> Here's a ripple effect for you. The new Premier League sort of World Cup stoppage time rules that you remember from the World Cup could change everything for FPL this season. Listen up. This season, the Premier League will be given a generous amount of stoppage time being added on to account for the ball being out of play for long periods of time. 43 of the 63 World Cup matches reached the 100-minute mark. This could change everything in a, from an FPL standpoint because we're now likely to see a lot more late goals, meaning clean sheets may be a lot harder to come by. Therefore, is a back three now essential because of this? Also, do we know... Do we now only select players who don't get substituted every week? Do injuries and rotation become big risks now too? More minutes means more risk of players' game time needing to be managed. Does this mean every team with some sort of depth will now rotate incredibly heavily? How do we feel about the stoppage time rules? And, and is it going to massively change? Let's start with the clean sheet I, element. I think, uh, okay, clean sheet element. So I used an analogy on a podcast we did on, on Monday about if Arsenal were 3-0 up against Nightingham Forest and the game's a stroll, I mean, you can add on 20 minutes and it's probably not going to make a lot of difference. Yeah. So I, d- I don't think, you know, five minutes added on, 10 minutes added on, probably not going to make any relevance to that sort of thing. Games that are obviously closer, yeah. And I think you'll probably get wild added on times, probably in the first couple of months till people then adjust and then it will it will begin to calm down. But I think these narratives can be spun either way. It was interesting. Have either of you seen Raphael Varane's comments? No, sorry. He talks so, about the player player welfare yeah, and player safety. If yeah. you're adding on that much extra if, game time. So with someone like him, you could look at it and say, right, so Manchester United actually conceded quite a lot of late goals, relatively speaking, last year. I think a good proportion was in the last 20 minutes or so. So you could look at it and say, well, okay, that increases the probability of Varane losing his clean sheet points. But it might also be that they go, right, let's be a little bit more careful with him. We're winning the game 2-0. Let's take him off on 75. So I think that narrative, especially when a player's been vocal about that publicly as well. Yeah. And for those who don't know... In ter- and he's terms- had injury issues, right? So mm-hmm. they're going to protect a player like In terms that. of a clean sheet and, and obtaining a, a clean sheet, what needs to happen for a player? Can a player come off and still get those six points? Yeah, so it's more than 60 minutes. Uh, you get the additional four points. So if you come off at 65... And then you've booked it in. If the team then concedes, you still get the points. Right. Obviously, if you stay on the pitch, you you don't get the points. So it could be so it could be useful. Could yeah, obviously. If yeah. if Varane was to come off hypothetically eighty minutes every week, mm. then it could you could even we might even get to the stage where we go someone like him's more useful. Yeah, that, that's a situation that probably it's over unlikely. the over the entire season will be swings and roundabouts, and and will even itself out. I look back to when they up the subs right from three to five. And the question then was, okay, how is it going to affect FPL? And does that mean that because more players are coming on, you'd need your bench less? Because even if one of your starting 11 has started on the bench, then because there's more subs, there's a higher probability they'll come on. And so your bench players in FPL are less relevant to you. That didn't really play out massively. No, people because already forgot people about, news it. about it. But now the question is, okay, now you've got five subs and you've got longer to make them. So now you've got two things added together that might have a, another small impact, but it's not going to change the game, in my opinion. That's what I was going to ask. Might from the, five times over From the year. attacking point of view and the rotation and the quality that these, these teams have, Jota, I remember, maybe not last year, maybe two or three years ago, 
he was sort of starting as a sub, but he was kind of coming on and scoring. Yeah. They were yeah. scoring a lot of late goals. So, again, we, we spoke about in the last podcast about Liverpool assets and being a bit concerned about that rotation there with Darwin Nunes or Jota, for example, or Gakpo. They're probably all going to get, still kind of get those minutes and more goals are scored later than they are well, you, you know game, someone right? like that, Jota, is highly likely to get on a pitch, mm. whereas a Joe Gomez is probably not. Yeah. So whether you've got three or five subs in that circumstance just doesn't really matter, does yeah. it? It's it's kind of perspective. So it's more from the attacker's point of view that is Someone like Jota, if, sure. if Liverpool only had three subs, someone like Jota who's a sub is still likely to get on the pitch, whether it's three or five subs has not made a huge yeah. amount of impact. You're still pri- most managers will obviously go for offensive changes. Man City's a us- an unusual quirk in that sometimes Pep will just go, I'm playing this team for 90 minutes and won't be budged so a Foden is more likely to just not get on the pitch at all but with most clubs like your Jotters and your Gakpos if they don't start they probably are going to get on the pitch yeah I think it makes the game easier as well for for a lot of people that don't want to make a difficult decision I think a lot of people will be comfortable with your Jotters or your Fodens or people at that level mm. oh, that they might start on the bench or they can they've got longer now to do damage when they do come on I'll just play them in FPL and then you're not forced into that decision so often pre-season all the time it's like is he nailed on is he going to get minutes is he nailed on is he going to get minutes I mean if you take the mantra of good players from good teams even if they don't start they'll still they'll still score points and it negates the need to worry about nailed minutes and all that you know what I'd like to do with that word nailed yeah (laughs) banish (laughs) it remove it oh my gosh Uh, guys so fun chatting to you Great to catch up as well, guys. Like, really Thank you. impressed with what you've built. Um, not surprised at all. And as you said at the start, I think it's, it's still just the beginning of it all, isn't it? You kind of feel like we've been knocking about for a while now, but it's just it's just starting. FBL is only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Ripple Effect. If you haven't listened to the first podcast this week, make sure you do. The boys are on that one as well. And incredibly importantly, head to the description and follow the guys. Planet FPL is the podcast that you need in your life. Guys, thank you so much for spending a bit of time. Really, really appreciate it. Good luck with the season. Good luck with your team. And uh, yes, guys, make sure you've uh, followed the podcast wherever you listen to it. And uh, we'll see you next time.